Welcome everybody to Tap Out Talk News and Rumors. And today, it's the WWE's release party. Let's get right in. That's right, you know what time it is, episode 16, A-E-W-W-E, and let's go ahead and let's get into the WWE release party, and what, hold on a sec, I'm picking up a, a broadcast here, what's going on, we got, we're gonna, we got Vincent Kennedy McMahon live, what, oh and the Saints, oh and they go marching in, oh and the Saints go marching in. I'm gonna be counting money. Oh, and the Saints. Oh, when they go marching in, I'm gonna make money. Uh, uh, oh, come on. Play the trumpet again. Play the trombone. Let's go. Let's celebrate. It's the WWE release party. Damn it. All right. Uh, so, um, what? What do you mean I can't party yet? What's the board of directors want from me, damn it? I've made them lots of money. I've made us lots of money. And I did it. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. What, I gotta make a statement? I can't just celebrate things and do whatever I want? Alright, fine. Fine. Bring on the microphone. Bring it on. Alright. <clears throat> Alright. Go ahead and turn on the camera. Alright, let's go. And welcome everybody. This is Vincent Kennedy McMahon from the WWE, and we're a proud, family-oriented company. And uh, by family, sometimes that means we're dysfunctional, but uh, oh, what a day. So I want to personally invite all of you to the WWE release party. No, we're not talking about... <laughs> no, that's dumb. We're not talking about releasing. We're not releasing product. We're not releasing, you know, good material. Well, we're releasing wrestlers. Yeah, we're going to have a release party and we're going to market it on a pay-per-view and we're going to call it the, you know, hello and goodbye, you <laughs> party release party. So the problem is, is, you know, as you guys know, our fan base has been dropping. The WWE Universe is growing smaller because of the AEW effect. Oh, I'm not going to talk about that. But what I want to say is we're going to create more fans. That's right. We're going to create more members of the WWE Universe by sending them out that way. So we're going to have a release party. And we're going to go ahead and release a bunch of talent. And I'm hoping that will grow our fan base. And that's going to be our next big project that we got coming up here. And what? What, what does the board want now? What do they want from me? What do you mean I can't tell people that? Damn it. It's my company. I can do whatever I want. Fine, fine, I'll fix it. I don't like my state. What I mean, I'm not trending well. I don't even know what that means, trending well. Something about twitting? Ah, whatever. Alright, I'll fix it. I said, I'll fix it, damn it. Um, alright. So, uh, what we're gonna do is, uh, we're having a release party, and, um, um, Wait a minute. Okay, I gotta address this. This has not been me talking. And I finally found out who's at the bottom of all this bad production decisions and getting rid of Triple H and NXT. And uh, I, and I gotta confess, this is the doings of my evil twin brother, Vincent K. Dasterly. That's right, VKD. Vincent K. Dasterly has been at the bottom of all of this. And, uh... I know it. I knew it was you, VK. I, I knew I would catch you sooner or later. 
<laughs> it's me, VK Dasterly. Ha! I have been doing it, Vince. I've been getting rid of all your wrestlers secretly posing as you. I've been cutting all kinds of business things. I've been getting rid of all the good storylines. <laughs> and y'all would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for your miserable board members and WWE Universe fans. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, they're buying it. They're buying it. <laughs> I told him I, I told him I had a twin brother <laughs> named VK Dasterly. And uh What do you mean? What the camera's what? They can tell it's not me. Ugh, um they They this is a video? Um uh, <clears throat> Alright, uh well, we'll, uh, we'll fix it in post-production. There's gotta be a good reason for this. Um, uh, uh, alright, I'm gonna, I gotta go count this money. And then, uh, I gotta figure out a way to, maybe we'll create a character dastardly. Get out! Get out, I wanna be left alone! I gotta think. I said get out of my office, damn it! Alright guys, welcome, and I wanted to get you guys into what is the real reasons for this WWE release party. Had a little fun there on Tap Out Talk, I know you guys like my VK, Vincent Kennedy, McMahon skits, um, so let's get into the serious side of this. Big, big part of this is going to be the AEW effect. And one of those things that kind of takes in is the fact that they have been... Heavily, heavily releasing these guys. Um, they made uh, 15% profit, about $34 million to be exact, in the last quarter. So what I want to do is I want to get through, uh, and I want to go through seriously about all the talents we released. I do believe this is to the, because of the AEW effect. But let's go through the talent. Let's go through some opinions. And I want to give you guys some idea of kind of where I stand on each of these wrestlers, all right, and where they may be. So first up, is Nia Jax. And as you can see, Nia Jax's reaction right there to being let go, right? She felt she was very safe due to being the Rock's real-life cousin. I guess that wasn't enough to carry weight. But she was a one-time women's tag team champ or two-time tag team champion and a one-time women's champion. Uh, Jax is also known as very sloppy in the ring and was responsible for many injuries to fellow stars. In Nia's defense, I am going to say she was pulled from NXT very early in the stages of her career, and that would have benefited her. I said that back in the day when they drafted her to Raw, and I said, why are they drafting this NXT girl who just debuted a couple months before? Less than that, actually, I believe. And so, and I felt that just kind of steamed her into a track. I also um, have heard that she had a bit of a bad attitude backstage um, and was sometimes hard to get along with, so I think this might have made sense. What's next for Nia? Naya um, mostly is going to find work in an independent scene. Um, she, you know, some major promotions might, you know, be worried about bringing her on due to some of the backstage stuff and the sloppiness in the ring. But I think she's going to try to develop her skills a little bit more in some manner. So she had the best opportunity there in the WWE with, you know, the family tie-ins. Up next on the release party is Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bourgeau. Uh, Cross was a hot free agent coming into NXT, and the results were two championship runs in NXT. And then his debut in the main roster ultimately did him in with a bad gimmick and change, and they also separated him from his wife, Scarlett Bourgeau, who 
sung his theme song and like really was a great manager valet presence to him. Um, so it's kind of a shame because, you know, the former, you know, killer cross, AKA carrying cross, he, uh, very talented and the NXT version of him was really good. And instead he kind of looked like a, a mix in the main roster. The gimmick was like demolition outfit, the tag team with, um, uh, when they did with a uh, Farouk, right. And when they made him a little gladiator back in the nineties, right. So it's like, a, it was like Farouk meets uh, demolition. It was the weirdest thing. And um, he lost to Jeff Hardy on his debut on Raw, which is just weird again, right? And they haven't done much with Hardy since. So what's next? He's going to be a hot commodity still, all right? He's going to probably be AEW bound or back to um, Impact Wrestling. Those will both be options for this power couple. And they're still in their prime, and they will do just good. And the good news is Karrion Cross is gone. Killer Cross is going to be back again, and he's going to be... Able time is just going to be ticking for his return. Tick tock, tick tock. Up next, Ember Moon. This one, um, I hate to say, you know, my favorite Mortal Kombat cosplay female wrestler, Ember Moon. Every time I seen her, I was like, this girl is a Mortal Kombat character waiting to come to life, right? And I don't mean that as a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, she spent most of her time in NXT, loved her work ethic, loved her outfit, loved her character. Um, she had that sweet finisher where she flipped off the top rope into almost a stone-cold stunner. I mean, she was athletic. She was a team player. Um, her main roster career was injury-plagued, and then returned, and then she was returned to NXT, and so it's a shame because I really felt, I remember Asuka and Ember Moon had some great matches. And I felt like, you know, the injuries she got, like one time she got injured being part of the 24-7 group that just chases people around for the title. And she tripped over something, right? And messed up her leg. And she was like, well, that's what I get for being a team player. You know, they just asked her to be in a skit, right? And she was always willing to do whatever was needed. This girl is going to get hired somewhere and she's going to have a good career. I look for her. She has options. She's going to go either AEW or she could go to WOW Women of Wrestling. That's been relaunched. I actually could see her going to AEW and mixing up with uh, Britt Baker and a few others. Um, there's too much talent there to go wasted. But for now, she's fired. Yeah. Our next release talent is Keith Lee. Now, guys, I mean, I thought Keith Lee was gone a long time ago. Um, it was weird, right? Because back in the spring, it was reports of him being released and then him not being released and then him being released again. And then he had a health thing going on. It's been a long and rocky road since debuting on the main roster. And then once Keith Lee again, are you seeing the theme here? Really good NXT presence under the Triple H era. And then he goes to the main roster. They want to change everything up and they want to give him Bearcat uh, Lee and that was doomed to fail again and it, multiple health issues. And I remember Keith Lee saying, oh, we got to trust the process. Well, he trusted the process and this is kind of where it got him, right? Um, he had ultimate, you know, like he had an ultimate, a lot of health issues that did hit him earlier this year. And I'm glad he's recovered from those. Um, so let's get into it. What's next for Keith Lee, for um, limitless Keith Lee, right? Um so he's a couple options. He could go AEW because a big man of that size and talent is always a good thing to have. He could go Impact Wrestling um, or New Japan. All could be viable options. I think he should go to New Japan. I think that would just help him build up his skill set a little bit further. And I think he'll have good uh, reactions over there. And also our next person could join him in New Japan. Yeah. 
who better? Who better? If you're going to release Keith Lee, the WWE decided to add Mia Yim to the release party. Uh, she w- was thrust into a main roster angle as a member of Retribution as uh, Reckoning. Despite a great start, it ended quickly. Um, I liked the whole Retribution angle, and then they just kind of didn't know what they wanted to do with it. But I loved when they first showed up, and I was like, ooh, they're pushing a lot of NXT stars very quickly. Um, so basically, you know, um, she's a former knockouts champion. That's something to think of for the future. She could go back to impact wrestling. I remember when Mia Yim first showed up in the May young tournament and she stuck out. She uh, definitely had a good wrestling it factor. I do see her and maybe, um, her boyfriend Keith Lee going together over to new Japan. Um, not necessarily meaning they will be a couple, but I could see them going together and working in the same company again. Um, and she's definitely stuck by his side during quite a bit of even his health scare. So let's get on. Yeah. Is everybody going to miss Eva Marie? Is anybody going to miss Eva Marie? Eva the Diva. Okay. Uh, from Total Divas fame, of course. And they just loved her, right? They hated when she dyed her hair red. But I'll be honest, it was the smartest thing she could have done. Because she would have been gone a long time ago based on her talent. And so the dark red and now the pink, they like the uh, My Little Pony style dying, right? And that's famous with the generation now. Eva got a major push coming back to WWT uh, in her return with Dewdrop as a, you know, a, a, as a mentor, right? And then the bad thing was Eva still did not care about wrestling at its core, and it showed. Um, what's next? I... I don't see her in wrestling, guys. I see her continuing her work in acting and modeling since that was her goal the entire time. She was really wanting to use wrestling as a springboard into getting famous and popular. I'm sure she's a great person, but at the end of the day, get off the TV. Um, and she, she's been given so many chances to learn how to wrestle and just has not really grasped into those characters. So nobody's surprised to see this coming. She's been off filming a movie. Uh, people, I think, even thought she was gone already, but, you know, because she was not that impactful in that ladies' locker room. Yeah. Well, now it's a party. The Lucha House Party. Member Grand Metalique. Um... Honestly, this one, again, WWE is trimming out their 205 Live roster, right? 205 Live tournament brought in a lot of great talent for us to watch, and it really built up a great thing. I enjoyed the product, but then um, from there, they just didn't really you know, attach much to it and behind it. So here's the options for one member of the Lucha House Party. Uh, return to Lucha Libre Wrestling or New Japan. I could see either one. In addition, you know, it's not just a one-person party because this next person is also gone. And that man is the sensation Lince Dorado. Um, again, Lucha Libre or New Japan Wrestling. So you now have all members of the Lucha House Party released, including Kalisto in the spring, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metalik. So all gone from WWE. Um, they could challenge. I look at them to go to AAA. Um, I could see them challenging and working promotions and challenging for different titles as a tag team. Um, I do think they have a great chemistry together. But ultimately, they are part of the release party of the fall. Yeah. All right, now we get into some of the lesser-known talents. B-Fab of Hit Row. You guys may not know much about Hit Row. They are an NXT group of talent. Two guys, two girls. She spent most of her time there with the group Hit Row. 
WWE must have felt like the group did not need two females. So, what's next for BFAB? Um, I would say the indie promotions for more development, honestly. So, I feel like she was just kind of getting her start. Um, I feel like the WWE felt like maybe, you know, they already got Carmella, who they've developed into this, you know, kind of moniker. But... I felt like the WWE just didn't see what they wanted to see with her. So I do think she's gone and probably going to go have to work the indies. All right. Harry Smith was the next one released. A lot of people didn't even realize he was back with the WWE. Uh, Smith was gone for a long time. He initially was part of the new heart foundation. Um, He is the real life, you know, son of Davy boy Smith, the British bulldog. And then from there, he was brought back to, you know, he was gone for a long time, brought back to induct his father, the British Bulldog, into the Hall of Fame last year. And once again, he finds himself released. So Smith could find himself back in New Japan or MLW maybe. Uh, man, I just don't know what they're doing with the kid. Um, I He will find work based on his name, but I just, he doesn't have that same, you know, thing that his father did. So let's move ahead. Jeet Rama. Jeet Rama was an India-based wrestler. So he spent the last six years in NXT. Plans were initially for him to help lead NXT into the India brand that they were going to, so almost like they have NXT Europe uh, or UK, they were going to do an NXT India, right? But that never really happened. And then what's next for Jeet Rama? Well, he's 40 years old in a good frame, in a good build. Um, he might retire, might find work training future stars in India. Who knows? Uh, the reality is uh, WWE didn't do much with him, and you guys won't be talking about him in three years. All right, Jesse Kamea has a four-year NXT stint and a brief stint in Evolve Wrestling, but no gimmicks seem to catch on for her. Um, I see her having some possible work on Impact or AEW because both of those women's divisions, again, could use some talent. Um, There's options for these female wrestlers. There's WOW. There's all kinds of stuff. the end of the day, though, uh, this was another quick in and out for the world of the wrestling. All right, Katrina Cortez. She made two appearances on the main roster in 205 Live. Um, spent most of her time in NXT. She will most likely be finding work on the indie scenes. Uh, does have that lucha style to her. So Katrina, um, decent wrestler, but again, we got to find something for her to catch on with. Um, that's about all I got for. All right, Oni Lorcan. Um, NXT, he's been around for a very, 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 very long time without much payoff. Orkin will look to get work on the indie scene. Um, he's really going to have to go reinvent himself, I would suggest, because, man, I just, he comes across a little boring, right? So the best thing I could say for Oni is maybe, you know, do the exact opposite of what he did in NXT, right? So maybe he just grows his hair out really long for a good six, eight months. Maybe he gets rid of the beard. Um, change his persona up, right? Don't be so bland. And maybe that'll get him something, you know, do the exact opposite of what you want to do, you know, when you're in NXT, because you want to get people to forget what Oni Lorcan was about and come up with something new. So you got to reinvent yourself, Oni. All right, so next up is Trey Baxter. Uh, Didn't fit with Vince's idea of NXT 2.0. Uh, another developmental town. It had some cruiserweight program work, but it wasn't enough to catch the eye of upper management. So what's next? He will most likely go back to using his former name, Blake Christian, 
and on the Indies and most likely find work there. Again, I don't know if he was here enough for us to remember other than us talking about it right now. All right, guys, we're getting there. We're getting there. This was a big release party for the WWE. So, um, Frankie Monet. So, a lot of people, you know, were surprised about this. So, Frankie Monet is the real-life wife of John Morrison, and she never got out of the NXT brand um, as the Robert Stone factions is what she was a part of. She's already mentioned, and you guys might remember, she's going to be working under her old name, Taya Valkyrie. Um, hoping to go back to AAA or Impact Wrestling with ease. And I think that will be the easy route for Taya Valkyrie. I never liked the Frankie Monet gimmick. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, Vince is probably, you know, they're probably sitting there and like, oh, her and her little dog too, right? Can all go. But um, at the end of the day, Taya Valkyrie, yes, she could go somewhere else. I'm a little fearful for John Morrison right now. It's still, you know, Taya is pretty developed as a wrestler. I'm surprised they never put her with the Miz and Morrison trio, because I really thought she would have fit in there. And let's move on to our final release party candidate. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, our final is Zeta Ramir. Ramir was in the developmental system and didn't really fit into, again, the NXT 2.0 model. Uh, she worked previously on Impact Wrestling for a bit and the indie circuit, so she could end up back there. Not much to say for Zeta, but again, all these guys, I hate to see this happening to you, but... You know, right now the wrestling world is flooded with job opportunity. I know Ring of Honor shut down. I know WWE is going through this corporate cut every quarter basically now. Uh, we'll probably be having a lot more conversations of these, um, which means I'm going to have to come up with some more Vince McMahon skits. Um, oh, this might end up killing my voice. But reality is let's go ahead and get on into – those are the releases. That's the release party. Let's get into the news. So the next set of article real quick is going to be what show for KO. Kevin Owens' contract, I just want you guys to be mindful of this. His contract will expire on January 31st, Very coming right around the corner, 2022. Fan speculation has been rampant online about whether he will join Adam Cole as the next WWE talent to jump ship to AEW. Until that time, we won't likely know Owens' next move for sure. Um, so this is interesting. I don't know if it's a work or a shoot. Because Owens on Monday Night Raw was making references to his contract already and how he may consider going in three months or three years. He doesn't know. Um, it's interesting, right? I don't think the WWE would allow him to just say that on live mic. And there hasn't been any talk about Owens, you know, basically coming back from that. They, there's been no talk about like any kind of replications for it. Um, I want to say it's a work. I really do because, you know, the WWE is so heavily scripted right now and I'm sure he would have got fined for saying something, but it, I'm going to take it as a work until it turns into a shoot. And if you guys don't know, a shoot is just when it becomes real, right? Uh, work is a work of on the job. So, um, uh, right now I would love, I think that Kevin Owens would be very smart to go to AEW. Uh, they're not doing much with him in WWE. It's just, I think it's because he's that indie darling, right? I love the Kevin Owens name. I love the KO moniker. KO, fight anyone. I love that whole concept. The reality is um, he would have to go back to his Kevin Steen persona on the indie scenes, which is a lot of the rabid fan base knows him as, but uh, I did like the KO thing. So reality is I do think AEW would be smart for him. I think that's just another rising star. And AEW is starting to get a lot of guys that are in their prime. So um, fight, Owens, fight, and be all elite. All right, next we got the Moxley mindset. So 
um, I wanted to like report this a little bit. You know, we wish John, the former Dean Ambrose, aka John Moxley, we wish him all the best in his future. Um, he is struggling right now, and you know, this was an announcement from uh, Tony Khan, and he says it's actually good circumstances because it's a good thing that he's doing it. It's a brave thing that we're all here to support him. In the last couple of days, talking to him and Renee, you know, Renee is taking to him, and Renee spoke to us. And said, you know, they both thought that this was the best way to go. And talking to both of them, we agree. So just kind of putting the whole thing in perspective, John Moxley has decided to step aside from wrestling for a little bit to seek alcohol counseling and therapy. Um, good for John. Very good uh, for him to do this before things get out of hand. He does have a newborn child along with Renee, and he's doing what's best for his family, and you have to do what's best for your family. And kudos to AEW for standing by John and helping guide him towards you know, the right mode. And that just shows you the kind of guy Tony Khan is. Um, he is a, a guy that actually cares about his employees to the end, and you know those companies are hard to find, right? And so Tony Khan put the entire thing into perspective as he noted while wrestling is John Moxley's business, his life is his wife and daughter. All parties agree that the decision for Mox to seek help were the best of those priorities. Everybody is hoping for the best with John Moxley's recovery, and it sounds like Tony Khan and AEW are working with Renee and John in the best interest of their family. Bravo. Bravo for them. Um, I think, you know, John would have had a little tougher time having this kind of decision in WWE because, you know, you lose your spot, you lose your shot, so to speak. Um, so this was definitely. Um, one of the big things in the uh, current stories this week, earlier this week. So again, and you guys can see the, the Twitter announcement there from Khan. John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AEW family, and we stand with him and Renee and all of his family and friends as he shifts to focus to recovery. Um, again, allowed me to share. That's huge, right? He didn't just put out there on the business. This was a very big conversation between um Moxley, Renee, his wife, and of course, uh, Tony Khan. So good for them. And, you know, it's a great move to see that. He'll be back soon enough. All right. Next up is Talking Turkey. The Talking Turkey. Would you believe if this guy, this guy in the turkey costume, come up to you and he wanted to give you advice on how it should be with CM Punk's booking? Would you, I know it's in November, but would you take advice from a turkey? Would you take advice from a talking man in a turkey costume telling you how to go about booking CM Punk? Okay, no. The answer is no. You might not even know who this talking turkey is. I want to reveal the picture, and it is none other than Disco Inferno. Remember the dancing disco guy from WCW, right? Goofy gimmick mid-carter. So he wants to give his opinion on how to book CM Punk. Disco goes on to say, and I quote, I am just, um, I'm just saying uh, Kenny Omega should beat Adam Page and then call out CM Punk. Punk stock is dropping and let's see, you want to work with him. The stock's worth something. So basically the gist is he's sitting here saying that Punk stock is dropping heavily which is ridiculous, right? So um, it's just crazy to think about all that. And it's crazy to think that, you know, that's kind of what's been happening with AEW. He's claiming that he didn't like the way he's booking, that he's wrestling all these lower carters. 
Um, CM Punk needs practice to tune up for his great match, right? He had a great opponent in Darby Allen. So let me get it straight. He had a great opponent in Darby Allen for his first match, and it went really well. He's been wrestling on Rampage and Dynamite some lower-level opponents because you're not going to give away Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk on an AEW Dynamite, right? That's going to be a bigger, bigger show. Maybe all out next year. Who knows? But the reality is you're not going to give that away for free, and Punk needs to stay in shape and have these tune-up matches. So don't take talk from the turkey. Take talk from Tony Khan and CM Punk, right? They know what they're doing, and Punk would not have come out of retirement if he didn't have a plan. And he has even said that multiple times. He has a plan, and it took a lot for him to really come out because he wanted to do it his way. That was one of the main reasons he left WWE is because things were not going to a plan that made sense. So, again, CM Punk will be fine. We're going to have great matches. I look forward to a Daniel Bryan match. I would love an Iron Man match with Daniel Bryan. I've been saying that for years. Um, I also could see a Kenny Omega and Punk match. There's so much business to do. It's crazy. And in our final story, we got the Shaq show off. So this is a real quick light one. Uh, Paul White is a true veteran in the pro wrestling world as he worked in the business for well over two decades now. He's been working in AEW for the past few months and his performance has been stellar on commentary. He has now transitioned into that commentary position. Uh, NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal made it clear that he wants a match against Paul White for a big show. See what I did there? Now, it seems that the match might finally happen. I think AEW... um, we won't uh, have to do much with the red tape. So basically, there was a lot of red tape in WWE when they went to do this. So AEW, Shaq's already competed in AEW, and I think this is an opportunity for us to have a spectacle match and have some fun with it. Honestly, I think it's closer to happening than it's ever been. Um, a match between the two first was teased back in 2009 on an episode of Monday Night Raw. After that, O'Neal and Paul White had another interaction at WrestleMania 32 where they competed in the Andre, um, the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So the world's been kind of building up for this match. And this is your celebrity match, right? This is going to be, uh, I, why not? Let's see Shaq versus Big Show, or excuse me, Paul White, right? Let's see Shaq versus White. Let's get these two in the ring and kind of get it done. They both are hilarious guys. And I'm sure they could come up with some very entertaining stuff in their match. So yeah, do you want to see it? Let me know. But I feel like it's a good mid-card filler and, you know, show has done a lot of these type of gimmick matches with celebrities and he's been fine. Think Floyd Mayweather. Um, Guys, that's everything I wanted to get into today. Um, Thank you for entertaining me here and let me entertain you with uh, our Vince McMahon release party earlier in the show. Um, Hopefully it didn't annoy anybody too much and you had some fun with it as well as I did. And again, thanks for watching. Remember, I am a newer channel, so like, share, subscribe. It greatly helps me out. And it's not goodbye. But for now, it's game over.